Coming up on Supernatural Confessions. I sat at my desk and I literally just went, I shouldn't be here right now. Like, what just happened? Who or whatever that was saved my life that morning. Player. Supernatural Confessions. Welcome back to Supernatural Confessions. I'm your host, Timo, and this is where we discuss all things supernatural. More importantly, this podcast is where we hear from everyday people and their not so everyday experiences. We invite you to join us on our Facebook page. Just search for Supernatural Confessions and also on our website, supernaturalconfessions.com. If you've got a story to share or even an interest in being a part of our show, that's where you can reach out to us. Now on to today's episode. Eugene Tay catches up with Chris Bucko, an actor by profession. Chris once found someone or something acting quickly on his behalf. Here he is, with not one, but two brushes with the unexplained. Okay, so the first story happened when I was about 21 years old. Now, a little backstory about myself. I'm from New York, uh, and I, I lived on, I grew up on Long Island, which is about a 45-minute drive from New York City, but it's still part of New York. Here's story one, and this kind of opened me up to realize that the world is not exactly what, what we think it is. It's not as exactly uh, black and white as um, you know people make it out to be. So I was driving to work. Now, I had the same driving routine uh, to work. From my parents' house where I was living to my office was pretty much the same route every single day unless there was some sort of diversion from a major traffic event, which normally didn't happen. I was going through the, the normal route. Okay, when I come to stop signs, if no one's around, I'm not going to lie. I kind of like ease up to it. And if there's absolutely nothing around, I kind of slow down enough that if there is something, I can still stop. But, you know, you kind of breeze through it. You breeze through it. We call it the California roll. <laughs> like a sushi thing. Um, so we kind of roll through it. But again, like I said, it's not dangerous because there's no one around. And if there is something, we can still completely stop. Anyway, so... There was one stop sign that was near my parents' house. No one was around, no one behind me, in front of me, and I didn't see anyone on the sides. But I got to the stop sign, and I made a complete stop. And I took a split second, and I thought to myself, you know what, that was really strange. Why did I stop completely? There's no one around. So then I started to lift my foot off the brake, and at that moment, it wasn't words, it was like a feeling, a sensation, like some something or someone was communicating with me non-verbally. And the message I got in the instant moment was, put your foot back down on the brake. Obviously not said in words, but mm. that was the sensation, the feeling I got. So I put my foot back down on the brake and I was like, why in the world, zoom, someone blew the stop sign perpendicular to where I was driving? Yeah. So if I didn't get that sensation, or that feeling, that communication, whatever it was, my, I'm getting the chills here. Um, if I didn't get that message, I would have kept going mm. and the the other car would have T-boned me because they blew the stop sign yeah. without slowing down at all. And T-bone meaning I would it would have hit right into the driver's side door. Yeah. I would have been gone. Mm. So, do you see this? Oh my Goosebumps. goodness, I can see the hair standing up. So I sat there and I, I oh my God. <laughs> so I sat there and I was like, Oh my God, I, I shouldn't really be here right now. 
I don't. I, I was speechless. Yeah. So I drove to work. I, I continued on to work, completely numb, radio off. Mm. I was in a zone, completely zoning out. Um, got to work safely, totally fine. I sat at my desk and I literally just went, I, I really, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be here right now. Like, I really shouldn't be here. Like, what just happened? I was really confused and scared. I was, I was literally scared. And so from that day forward, I just kept processing, processing. What was that? What was that? What communicated with me? Who was that? I've been to a couple of psychics beyond that. Mm. And um, uh, one of my friends who practices it, uh, he had told me I have a lot of divine protection around mm. me, spirits around. So I, I, I took it as it was communication from, for lack of a better word, a, a guardian angel or yeah. something along those lines. Mm. And who or whatever that was saved my life that morning. I believe in this sort of story because uh, in Asia we believe that all of us have guardian angel protecting us. If you don't have a guardian angel, that's not exactly a bad thing and has been told. It's just that you don't require one. Mm -hmm. Or not yet, it's not your time. Right. And what you, you just mentioned about it is a very popular story with a lot of uh, people who have near-death encounter. So is that something whispering in your mind, in your ear? Yeah, without oh. actually saying words. Yeah. You just get the You thought. get the feeling, the mm -hmm. feeling, the feeling like put your foot back down. But mm -hmm. without even hearing anything, I just... And I was like, wow, that's really weird. Shoot, car drove right through. And before this, you were a skeptic. You're like totally science guy. Mm, no, you see, that's the thing. I've always, my whole life, even since I was a kid, I've always been a blend of science, technology, physics. I was mm. really, I was in the advanced courses in, in school and stuff like that. Mm. But I've also, I've also been interested in extraterrestrials, yeah. life outside in the yeah. universe. So I, I feel I wasn't closed before, but this just was like, did you open the door? Okay. There's something just, beyond yeah, your, yeah, under, absolutely. your realm of understanding. Absolutely. And this leads to the second story that you said, okay. you have a more personal now, one on one experience. Yes. The second story is, is kind of a first encounter. Um, yeah. And it actually happened here in Singapore. And I was living in, I don't want to give the exact location, but I was living in Clementine. Mm -hmm. uh, this was about probably six-ish years ago. I wasn't drunk. I wasn't on medication. I wasn't, there was nothing there that could have been a reason why I saw what mm -hmm. I saw, which is what I'm about to tell you. Now, I was going through kind of a, maybe a rough breakup at the moment, so I have a feeling this might potentially be tied into it. Mm. It was in the morning, I was just waking up. It wasn't bright outside, but it was just about to be sunrise. So it was still, I would say, 95% dark in my room. Okay, 5.30, 6.00 a.m. Ish, yes. Okay. It was, but it was still 95% dark in the room. There was no light. And I was laying flat on my back, and I, I opened my eyes. And as I opened my eyes, to the left of me, hovering about a meter off the bed, Levitating, almost as if it was laying down, but a meter off the mm. bed. Now, to describe this, it was, I wouldn't say self-illuminating where it lit the room, but I saw it was like a smoky outline where towards the top of what it was, mm. the apparition or whatever, mm. where a human head would be, it was slightly smaller, mm -hmm. and then it went out to like a body, but it was no definition of a body. Yeah. So it was, it was like a slightly smaller top and then went out to a thicker plume of smoke. But it wasn't smoke, it wasn't like lighting up the room, it wasn't cartoonish, it was just, the only thing I could describe it was just like a 
somewhat self-illuminating haze of a smoke yeah. that outline, smoke outline. Yeah. So at that point, I was like, <gasps> and I gasped, but I couldn't move. I literally was frozen. And there's no exaggeration here. This is verbatim exactly what happened that morning. So I was laying down and I was like, <gasps> like gasping and I tried to turn my head to the right and it was literally like I was paralyzed mm. and I couldn't move and then at that point when I realized I noticed it um, it started floating down and then I started gasping even more mm. I was like oh my god and I was trying to turn my head to the right even more even more even more until what appeared to me to be what would have been its head yeah made contact with my neck on the left side of my neck. I could still feel it. It was exactly right here. And it, it floated down totally parallel to the bed. And it's what I assumed to be head touched my neck. And right at that spot, it was like right, if I was laying down here, it was right here, yeah. literally right here. I'm pointing to the lower part of my left, left side of my neck. It was ice cold and slightly tingly. And then at that point, once it made once it made contact, and I was able to feel what it felt mm. like, I was able to jerk my head over to the yeah. right and and grab my breath, mm. and and then I turned back, and it was completely it was gone. The room was dark again. Now there's a couple of theories I had about that in the moment, where I was like, what, you know, what was that? What was that? I, I believe that there is there was a spirit in the room, mm -hmm. and I think. It made itself apparent to me. This is how I interpreted it. I could be wrong, but this is how I interpreted it. Okay. I, I interpreted it not as something that was malicious. Mm. Um, I feel that it touching my neck was almost as if, if, if it was a real person, it was kissing me on my neck, not in any naughty, dirty way. I think because I was going through a rough emotional time, uh, I think it might have been like, I took it as you. a sign of it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Relax. Yeah. Something along the... That's how I took it. I didn't take... There was no maliciousness. It didn't hurt me. But that's what I felt. And actually, if you don't mind me continuing on a bit more... Yeah, go ahead. Um, to corroborate the story, about three months later, I was uh, hanging out with a group of friends. Mm. Uh, they were co-workers from where I was working at the time. And um, I had told my story. And this one girl was like, oh... And I, did, I had moved out of this place yeah. at that point uh, when we were all hanging out as friends. And I told my story and this one girl was like, oh, I had a freaky experience in my room too. I was in bed at night, the lights were off and I was sleeping and then all of a sudden I, I felt like someone sat on the edge of my bed and she's like, oh, oh, maybe GC came in my room and then, you know, he left. Yeah. And then I said, wait, I'm sorry, what did you just say? I was like, who's your flatmate? She goes, GC. And I was like, oh my God, are you in block dot dot dot? She goes, yeah. I was like, are you his roommate now that's the room that you live in are you in the center room she goes yeah I said that's the room I just told my story about uh, she went pale white and stopped talking so it actually sort of confirms that there is something in definitely that in that room it was when she said that it just confirmed everything I said and how long were you living in that place Maybe two months, and that was the only. That was one. the only moment I had, and apparently, I think that was like one or two th moments that she had had mm. in that room. Well, I, I have a uh, uh, theory on that too. I think it it might have been a guardian of the place, 
uh, could it feels like a very old soul. You're telling me this story. I, I get a sense that it's a very old soul, and it comes to you when you need comfort and when you are upset, especially when you're upset, you send out this beacon. And that's when it attracts entities to you, the good and the bad. Right. And I was told that even when the bad entities were attracted to you because you're depressed, it's not that they mean to do you harm. Most of these spirits, the wandering spirits, like those hanging around around us now, they're not. They don't have any ill intention. It's just that when you exude that aura, they think you're a friend. You go, you go right. the same wavelength as them. Right, right, right. So when you're upset, you're depressed, this lady or this entity and entity is there to comfort you. Mm. I think when something is intending to do harm to you and you feel as a malicious spirit in the room, immediately your spider sense will go off. It's a different, it's a different sensation. You can feel. I, I've been to places where it's so dirty. I go in and I'm not even expecting anything. My mind wasn't even right, you know, right, right. And I know like this place is evil. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I hope that this uh, Chin Sui apartment that you're living in is uh, it's much cleaner than the one in Clinton. Oh, I love it. This place is fantastic. <laughs> Chris, thanks for sharing your story. Oh, thanks for having me, man. Big thanks to Chris Bucko for sharing his encounters with us. Now, if you also have a story to share, reach out to us at supernaturalconfessions.com and we would love to feature it in our next podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to the show. Supernatural Confessions is free to listen to wherever podcasts are available. All we ask is that you consider helping us grow our podcast by sharing it on your socials and giving us a five-star rating or review wherever you're listening from. It really does help. And for more information on Supernatural Confessions, find us on Facebook or visit supernaturalconfessions.com. Until our next episode, my name is Tim O, and you're listening to Supernatural Confessions. Supernatural Confessions.